So God, in times like this, when we so often can't see what's going on, we, we don't see your hand at work, when we see the chaos and the brokenness all around us, and we're left wondering, where are you? Lord, I ask you to enable us to have the eyes of faith, to trust you, to see you. And God, as we come in here with heavy hearts due to the news of this week, may you sustain us, may you nourish our souls and lead us to rest in you in the midst of the brokenness of this life. We come before you, thanking you for the ministry of Jesus Christ, through whom we can come before the God of the universe. Thank you that your heart is kind, that you have a heart of compassion, that you welcome us home. So through Jesus, we come before you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, on Monday, July 4th, we witnessed the tragedy of another, of another mass shooting right nearby in Highland Park. And the very headlines that we've seen throughout our nation all over that we feared would one day come close to us actually came close to us this week. And we have people in this congregation who work in Highland Park. We have people here who know people who were shot at the parade. And the great evil we have always feared came home close to us. And what we saw in that shooting is the opposite of shalom. What we witnessed is the antithesis of God's design for human flourishing, of peace and goodness ruling. And it is with this tragedy in mind that we come before God with heavy hearts. And so to be honest with you, as I was preparing this week for this moment, I didn't have the words to articulate what needed to be said. I didn't even know what I could say that would help at all. So I went to the Psalms, read, read, and read, and said, God, please give me something to say. And I was struck by the wisdom of people who have wept over the brokenness of culture down through the ages as God has spoken to us through the Psalms. And I'm going to set on the table three different ideas, three different questions that I know our people are asking that come from the Psalms, that if you read them, you'll see these questions showing up in the Psalms. And the first question is basically this, why is this happening? Why, why do we continue seeing ourselves just self-destructing and ravaging ourselves in the brokenness of our society in this moment? Why is this happening? In the book of the Bible entitled Romans chapter one, we see that the fundamental problem of humanity is that we love creation more than the creator, that we prefer the gifts over the giver, and that we all choose to value, love, seek after, sacrifice for created things rather than the creator of all things, namely God. And this is what the Bible calls idolatry. When we love or value something or someone more than God. And the biblical witness is that idolatry will bring brokenness, death, futility, and sorrow. And as a nation, we are an unbelievably idolatrous culture where we love many things more than we revere, respect, love, and serve God. And God is unbelievably clear in Scripture that idolatry brings death. And that is what we are seeing, sadly, not just in the mass shooting, but across our cultural moment, 
We are seeing the futility of life apart from God. And I do not say this with a callous heart. I do not say this in a fire and brimstone manner. But this is the reality, and I say with a grief and a heavy heart, that we are a diseased and sick culture. And what we are witnessing is the fruit of a life lived apart from God's ways. And as a culture, we are increasingly turning away from the wisdom of God's ways. We're choosing our ways over his ways. We are rebelling against God's designs. And we are reaping what we have sown over the decades, tragically enough. So why is this happening? First and foremost, because of the futility of idolatry, that we are loving other things more than God. Second question, where was God during the shooting? Seriously, where, where was God when all of this was happening? So every Tuesday, our staff gathers for a time of prayer. And at this prayer gathering uh, this week, Pastor Jordan shared a psalm that had been resonating with him. But before I read Psalm 11 to you, I need you to remember that the world of the psalmist was far more chaotic than our world that we know in the suburbs. That what he knew of economic disruption and volatility and violence and random dangers was far more common than what we know in our context today. So in a world of violence and chaos, this psalmist, under the leading of the Spirit of God, wrote the following in Psalm 11. Verse 1. I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows at those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. So to those who are asking, where was God? Psalm 11, verse 4 answers us, verse 4, but the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely examining every person on earth. The Lord sees everything. Nothing will go unaccounted for. God will bring justice. The Lord still rules from heaven. And so what we need to remember in the midst of this chaos is that God is still reigning and ruling over creation. God has not lost control. God is still king of all. And though this is terrible, God is still moving creation towards its desired end. Justice, righteousness, and shalom will be established. And, and the distinction we need to draw is that God permitting a morally responsible individual to take action is not God endorsing that wicked action. And we need to remember that we are morally responsible individuals. God has created us with a mind, with a will, and with a body. And what we do with our mind, our will, and our body will make us into the person that we become decades from now. 
consider the, the significance of these truths. That a mind that is entertained by evil will eventually delight in evil. And a mind that delights in evil will eventually pervert its will towards evil ends. And a will that has been perverted towards evil and wickedness will eventually take action through a body to bring ravaging destruction on others. God made us as stewards of our mind, our will, and our body. And what we do, we will be held responsible for. And what we saw in Highland Park is the tragic reality of a mind that was more conformed to the patterns of destruction of this world rather than the life-giving patterns of King Jesus. And it was a tragic but vivid reminder of what life looks like apart from the Lordship of Jesus being submitted to. So let's remember, God did not tempt that man to that evil end. God did not lead that man into that wickedness. That man chose to do what he did. And we pray for justice to be done. And we also pray for God to have mercy on that man's soul to lead him to repentance and a genuine conversion from his ways. So where was God reigning and ruling over history, moving creation towards justice is where he was. Why is this happening? Where was God? Thirdly, what can we do? What can we do in the face of evil like this? Once again, I could not find the words to say this week. I, I did not know what on earth I could say to you. But as I lived in the Psalms, I was blown away by the wisdom and the raw emotion of Psalm 37. And in the face of overwhelming evil, Psalm 37 says the following, to do good in the midst of evil, do not fret or live in crippling fear, to do righteousness, to wait on the Lord and seek Him, to refrain from anger, to cultivate peace, and to befriend faithfulness. Almost as if God wrote a word exactly for us in our modern moment of what we need to hear. And once again, I didn't know what to say to you this morning, but Psalm 37 blew up my categories. And I, I was nervous to even say anything like this because I figured it'd be perceived as cliche or trite. But this is not Mark Larson speaking here. This is the authority of the Word of God exhorting us to do what God's Word says. So to sum up Psalm 37, here's three things for us, what you and I should do in the face of evil. The first thing we should do in the midst of evil is to seek the Lord, to beg Him, and seek Him in prayer. That is not cliche. That is wise. Second thing that you and I should do is we should love our neighbor. Do good in the midst of evil is what Psalm 37 says. Love your neighbor and you will stem the tide of wickedness. So pray, love your neighbor. Third idea, I want to exhort you to cultivate authentic biblical community in and through this church. There's a reason Jesus said to his followers, you are the salt and light of the world. Salt is not there for taste. Salt is given as a preservative to stem the decay of the meat that it is placed within. And Jesus says to his people, you are the preservative in the midst of the decaying of society due to wickedness and folly. And the salt of the earth is not there to be sprinkled on the side. It is to be rubbed into the decaying wickedness of a culture. 
And Center Church, we are called to be a counter-cultural witness that is contrary to the ways of the world and instead to reflect the ways of King Jesus. So if you want to help the chaos of our world know a better way, don't make angry posts on Facebook, but instead do the gritty, difficult, draining work of developing authentic biblical community so that the lost can be found, the broken can be restored, and the weary can be built up. That is what you should do. Pray, love your neighbor, and pour out your life to those in this church who are in need. If you do that, we will bear witness well to King Jesus. A couple quick thoughts up on the screen. If you're looking for things to do practically up on the screen, here's what I'm going to exhort you to do. Read through the Psalms six times, seven times, ten times this year, and let God shape in you the language of grief and lament and sorrow. Live in the Psalms. I know some people literally read the entire book of Psalms every single month. That will nourish your soul. And it's a different world than what we live in. Read it with the study Bible. It will help you immensely. Second thing, this afternoon, this evening, on this Sabbath day rest, don't just watch TV all day. Read and pray through Psalms 11, 37, 75, and 86. Those Psalms will give voice to your soul in the face of this mass shooting. Third idea, buy that book, and it will give you training on how the language of lament can be poured out of your heart. If you wait till the next tragedy to try to learn the language of lament, it's kind of too late. And you will be stopped up with grief and sorrow and fear and anger, and you won't know how to articulate it. So buy that book, live in the Psalms, learn how to lament, and God will lead you well. Next up, you'll see on the screen some direction for the prayer requests I'm going to lead you into. So pray through those four ideas, and the band's going to come back up at this time, and they're going to lead us in a song of response. And during the song, I invite you to pray through those ideas you see up on the screen. And the song you're going to hear, it's, it's a new song entitled Nineveh. And it is a beautiful song written in some ways from the perspective of Jonah, the prophet in the Old Testament, that God sent to a city named Nineveh who loved violence, and God told Jonah to tell them to repent of their sin. And this song goes back and forth between Jonah's perspective to our modern-day context. And what I want you to think about is that that name of that city, Nineveh, you could basically replace it with the name America. So hear this song and think about what God's heart is towards America. So you remain seated. Let the song wash over you, and then we'll continue in worship after that song. God, we come before you with heavy hearts, thanking you that you are the God of Shalom and grieving over the loss of Shalom in our community. We pray for the victims of this tragedy and their family. We pray for you to be with the family members. We pray for those who are still in hospitals recovering. Sustain physical life. Heal them, God. And beyond that, we pray for spiritual life to be imparted to our blind community, to our blind nation that loves created things more than the creator. Grant us the wisdom to discern, the character to act, to repent accordingly, and to come before you as the Lord of all. In our sorrow, may we find the God of peace. We entrust our lives to you. Amen.